0: to forever canon the podcast where we talk about fate of the jedi book eight ascension finally the last one was a lot of episodes yes it was no this one's gonna be just as long though. It's yeah it's like 43 chapters or something. something like that it's a big one it's just about the same but you know what this book might have more to offer but first, bum bum bum, previously on Forever Canon, we talked all about the last book, and I don't ever want to talk about it again. And we talked about the preview for this book. Look at the cover. What do you think's gonna happen? And away we go. Chapter one Council Chambers of the Circle Capital City of Tov Kesh. Okay, too long. hmm But Christy Golden is the one who introduced us to these new old Sith back in book two, Omen. And here they are to start book eight. I will allow the super long location.
1: Did we ever get the name of the
0: city? Yeah. Before okay. definitely. The it's the capital city of Kesh. It's pretty much their only major, seemingly like, uh, you know how Star Wars is like that. There's only really one centralized living area on mm-hmm. per gigantic planet. Yeah. <laughs> like seemingly.
1: And even if you go bigger scale. Coruscant is the place to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's one city, though. Yeah. Still, <laughs> to, I guess just further prove the point. Anyways, the Sith are here. Why did I snap my fingers on this audio medium? The Sith start the book off in their stained glass dome, which has Force temperature control. Because don't you know, bad guys use the Force for little things like that. Mm-hmm. Emergency meeting has been called by Grand Lord Vole. Remember. We were like, what are they gonna do? The High Lord Talon is dead. I forgot there was like another there's another echelon yeah. above that correct? Grand
1: High yeah. Lord Saber.
0: Cause you know, like Jedi don't have high Jedi. They're Jedi masters. But there is a grand master above that. So, you know, Grand Lord Vol has called an emergency meeting over the question of whether or not we should side with Abeloth. Pros, she's ancient, she has ship, and she has super super powers. Quote, let's use her. That's yeah. a, all right, that's a argument if you're an idiot yeah cons very dangerous completely unknown all the sith around her have died
1: yeah they've lost Repeatedly. so many
0: not all of them but it's happened over and over again and a lot a lot died at the falinasi engagement on Payater. a half of, of gavar kai's fleet was wiped out at where were we just at uh, oh my god yeah
1: d- um uh, Non-coreos. Yes, I knew it was two words, and I See, knew one of them was a hard. I head. do
0: not ever want to talk about that book again. Apparently, <laughs> it's already being erased from my memory as we speak. Which you know, for better or worse, I don't know. But it's cute to think that they have a choice. Yeah, <laughs> they're sitting here debating whether or not they should ally
1: with her. Yeah, but could the, they resist her? And the lords wouldn't. are on both sides of it, and right.
0: they're coming down split. But what? choice does he even really have yeah she's on her way i mean yeah <laughs> but the grand lord decides that kesh and the circle of lords will invite abeloth to our world we shall give her a grand welcome with feasting and arts and displays of our proud and powerful culture and he added eyeing them all intently we will watch and learn and listen and then we will make our decision as to what is best for the lost tribe cash. Sounds like it's going to be like this long protracted series of almost spy engagements. Yeah. Where, you know, we're going to, we're going to spend some time with Abeloth, figure out what she figure out better, what she is and what she wants. Cause you know, we don't really know she's hurt and she wants revenge on Luke Skywalker. She wants him to hurt. Like he, she hurt. And I don't know why, but Grand Lord is going to take some time to decide after, you know, interviewing her, I suppose. Yeah, and... Y- they're Y'all are doomed.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he's not going to... He's going to do what Sith do, but and he's going to try and manipulate, manipulate and watch and, her reactions. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah.
0: And be duplicitous and, like, lie to her and good luck and stuff. I shouldn't touch the microphone, right? Probably not. Probably not. So... They've decided they're going to have a welcoming party for Avaloth, who's on her way in ship. Uh, if I could just invoke the immortal words of Jim Ross, by God, <laughs> it's going to be a slower knocker. It's going to be awful. Cut to Gavarkai in his captain's chair of the, what the hell's that ship called? The Black Wave. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't write that down. Uh, it wasn't here. It was, shows up later, but it wasn't here on the cut, to. But even though we're going to a different location, these things are arbitrary, and I don't get them. Mm-hmm. But we cut to Gavarkai in his captain's chair, arriving at Kesh, contemplating how great his culture is and how Vistara was his most precious gift. And the Grand Lord is too old. That old man calls Gavarkai and tells him to make Abeloth wait three days so we can plan the perfect parade. The yeah. Stupid... Politicking, dick flexing stuff. That's
1: exactly what it is. Let's show her who's in charge.
0: Put her in her place, man. Well, to be fair, it's bad guy behavior, so. Yeah. Here we are. But if she's lived this long, a few days. So it's so arrogant to assume you're going to trick this thing. Yeah. You don't even know what she is. And she's many times proven to be way more powerful than you've imagined. Mm -hmm. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to tell her to sit tight for three days and plan a whole trick parade and masquerade party. Okay. Good <laughs> luck to you. Hanging up with the Grand Lord, Gabarkai then gets a call from Avaloff. His bosses are scary. <laughs> He's caught in between two real scary bad guys here trying to divide his allegiance against both of his bosses.
1: Yeah, while still trying to because he's trying to, is, ele- elevate himself. Yeah, he's
0: trying to walk that fine line. Yeah, because it's too soon to decide <laughs> what Abeloth is and wants. Nobody knows. His bosses are scary. Abeloth agrees to waiting for three days. She says, "Quote: It is good to be honored and respected." Well, that's scary as criff. Mm-hmm. And a great line from Kai. To end the chapter. As you wish, said Gavarkai. Wondering for the hundred thousandth time just what she meant. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking to Abeloth. All you can do is agree to her will. She will either bend you to it or destroy you for naught. And you never know what she wants.
1: Yeah, and he's seen what she can do up close.
0: And it ain't good, baby. No,
1: it's not good.
0: You'll notice I have five reading tags out of these four chapters chapter 2 kaya state cash where Gavar kai has returned to the planet and has just caressed his wife's face with his new robotic arm but he can't help thinking it should still be attached hmm what went wrong Tim oh <laughs> right his daughter betrayed the high lord of the Sith Talon who had looked into the pool of knowledge and was turning into some kind of Abaloth-like monster. Yeah, not that's a detail that we kind of forget to mention repeatedly. Yeah, he was like
1: some sort of like he, spawn.
0: Yeah, so yeah, some kind of lesser entity like herself, or maybe another. I don't know. Whatever. He's dead. Yep. Vistarikai betrayed the Sith, but did she really? Because maybe that was the right thing to do. Him and his wife discuss Bastara killing the High Lord, as we just did, but they add the caveat of how she could never truly fall from the path of the dark side.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's never. She's too loyal and yeah. loves us too much.
0: She must be a secret double-double agent or something.
1: Yeah, and he muses on that if she does betray them, he it would fall to him to kill her. Yes,
0: it would be his personal responsibility to avenge that failure. This is the harsh... Sith culture that we live in. And we cut to Gavar Kai slipping out of his bedroom to Vistara's old room. For some considerations of how cool his culture is again. And reminiscing, quote, such a promising beginning for her. Mm-hmm. He wonders more about Vistara's motivations. Maybe she's double-double crossing. He's not sure. So he cuts her pet's head off. To make he, himself feel better
1: Yeah and he was so sure of it He was looking in her room He's like I know what I gotta do And he goes out to their bird cage Right
0: And Yeah What? <laughs> he puts the thing to f- sleep with the force And then cuts its head off She yeah. hasn't even seen the thing since I don't know Since it's, they left the planet It's been a bit She's I don't know Uh who Why? Why?
1: Yeah I don't know And I think then it's And he's another- like ah uh,
0: He felt better about it right He felt like he knew what to do now <laughs>
1: Yeah, and it's just it, from my perspective, she loved this thing enough that she felt she almost right broke that code but, when yeah. she was being uh, so
0: inducted into the the Sith Order. This is not
1: gonna make her more more in line, to but it, yeah. But it. is
0: it gonna be? Is it just more cutting her ties to the Sith more completely, like, yeah. or is it him cutting his own ties? Which are hers too.
1: Yeah, or yeah, cutting his ties to everything that he held dear before I know, because but, he's gonna follow Abeloth But between now.
0: that between that comment that you said before about it's his responsibility to avenge her failure, and then he cuts her pet's head off. I don't know. It seems like a big setup for Vistara versus Gavar, the Kai Showdown. I don't know. That's what it seems like. Yeah. Chapter three. Tov. Cash. It's a celebration for Abeloth in the beautiful glass art city. Special glass sculptures and special glass knives. The preparation has all been marred by classic Sith backstabbing and assassinating and positioning. Artisans dying. The and- homeboy makes a really cool sculpture and someone's like, I gotta kill your ass now so that no one else can have anything that cool. And then I get him a nice dress made. I gotta kill your ass now so nobody can get a dress as nice as mine. Dumbest. Propagation of art culture ever. Yeah how <laughs> how they live. You made one good thing. Now you die. How do you make more good art?
1: And now I I have the only thing of yours elevates my exactly. status. Yeah,
0: which is is that part of why he killed Vistara's pet tick, the the, Uvok the Uvok, flying Uvok, yeah. dragon tick. Is that why? Because now he's. I, uh, Anyways, yay, yeah. <laughs> fun fun. How the Sith they're bad guys. That's all. we just, we just are getting a big, big crash course refresher in that these whole first four chapters. Yeah, how they live, how they think, what their culture is, what their strictures and standards are, type of thing, and they're bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. I, I don't know. The guy kind of pats that off for no reason. Anyways, Abloths here in the great city, the glass city of Tav, inside ship. Hey, guess what, Tim? They're immediately. Three chapters in, they are in the story, on the screen, for the viewer-reader to enjoy. How about that? Isn't that something? Grand Lord Val heads out to meet her in front of the huge crowd, saying, quote, Oh my god, these Sith, quote, The universe is vast, and soon it will be ours, the Lost Tribes and Abaloths. And then we symbolically crush flowers to enjoy the scents that are hidden inside. Hey, what do you think that means? Yeah. Uh oh, she can fly. Avaloth, yeah, she also <laughs> you're right. She floated down from the from yeah. ship.
1: She never landed, she just floated down. But that could
0: be an illusion. She's maybe got tentacles holding her up on the bottom like a want like a could kangaroo be. tail.
1: But yeah. but you can't see it. And she made them wait when she got there.
0: But I mean, of course, right? It's all this <clears throat> I don't know, back and forth politicking. Mm -hmm. But this flower thing is perfect, like metaphor for what Avaloth is about to do to the Sith. Yeah. The flower is called the Sith Victory, right? Yes. And if you smell it, it doesn't smell like anything until you smash it and crush it and destroy it. And then it smells very nice.
1: Yeah, it smells great.
0: A metaphor for how... All this ostentatious beauty of the Sith, their true value to Abeloth will be whatever she can crush from them. That's what she truly wants from them. Because she's kind of entranced by what these flowers are. You know, it's like a whole ceremony. They release a bunch of birds. They release a bunch of flowers in the air. There's fireworks later. It's a ridiculous, like, celebration parade like a like a town fair, yeah, for Abelot's arrival, and she goes, "Oh, look at these flying flowers!" Oh, smashed, and then I enjoy it. That's how I like it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. whole show of Sith um, grandeur, and yeah, and all that, the whole thing. Yeah, they're showing off. Yeah, look how great we are
0: to both embarrass her and also to try to. Like I you, her to join yeah them. Persuade her.
1: Ingratiate her to them or whatever. So
0: who knows if that's what she wants? We don't know, but she liked those flowers. Cut mm-hmm. to the parade was spectacular. Yes. Woo. And another metaphor about how the Sith love to kill for personal gain. And then some more symbolism of how Abeloth changes herself for maximum effect and personal gain. Bad guys.
1: Yeah. And, Lord Vol is—he's one of the few that, before meeting her, knew that what she looks like is not what she looks like. So he's got an upper hand compared right. to most. He knows
0: more about her true self. Yeah, it's a—it's like a state secret,
1: right? Yeah, it's like she—he'll probably be harder to control because he already knows that she's not what she seems. Hopefully, ideally,
0: maybe. but I Hopefully don't. know. Who knows what she is? What is it? What does it matter what she seems? We don't know what the hell she is. <laughs> no. There's a fireworks show, and then we three star cut to the masquerade with all the Sith who have been invited. Mm-hmm. You got to be prestigious to be invited. Corsanti's one hundred wealthiest elite. Yep. On the air adventure, the Sith who have been invited are done up to the nines. No. The elevens, as I have peek up over my mic screen to make eye contact with you it was just right directly in my eyes the sith are really once again to use the word ostentatiously decorated Mm -hmm. and gabar kai in fact is dressed like a mythological bird that brings news of the destructors yeah this won't be this won't be bad
1: no no
0: (laughs) we're just it's like a lot of heavy handed referencing the same metaphors and symbolism, but it's effective. And it's making a good point to refocus us on who these Sith are and what they care about. Yeah. Cause we've just kind of been with Gavarkai and the fleet for a while or Talon and Gavarkai, Right. Yeah. We've been disconnected from the Sith culture, uh, at home.
1: Yeah. And so here, and it doesn't seem boring because there it's, there's fireworks. Yeah, it's a. They're having a masquerade
0: though, party with masks. It's oh, ah, no, I know.
1: It. It's uh, proposing all the same theme of the Sith and what they're about. It's all in different ways. Yeah, different. It's it's all really cool. Yeah,
0: it's all uh, different flavors of the same metaphor.
1: Yeah, ice cream. I like I like uh, Grand Lord Vols um, right. costume.
0: He's dressed as a Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Good move, but with a perfectly black mask. Abeloth arrives in a gust of colorful icy wind. A Falanasi trick, Lord yes. Val realizes. He seems to know a lot about the force for a man who's been his entire lineage has been sequestered on a single planet for three thousand years. He's learned a lot in this short time. Probably from ship.
1: Yeah, he gets a lot of updates.
0: Uh, back when Ship was with them before they Ship had discovered Abeloth, right? Yeah. Ship is the one who brought them out into the galaxy. Ship is the one who brought them ships to be able to move through the galaxy. Hyper speed! And I'm still wondering
1: if Ship is being subjugated or actually wants to work with Abeloth.
0: It's so hard to know, but Ben at one point described it as like a painful submission. Mm -hmm. Like he was like, he, uh, it was, I don't know. He, he, it hurt him, but he wanted it. I don't know. One of those yeah. things. But here at the masquerade with everybody all dressed up, Galvar cut like a mythological bird. <laughs> uh, we have a little meet and greet with more Lords who I didn't bother to re- memorize their names. You want to know why? Cause I'm going to keep reading. That's why. And I have a really bad feeling about guy dressed as a mythological bird all with black feathers who foretells the coming of the destructors. And you all just invited Abaloth here for a big Nolan's parade and masquerade in the streets. Yep. I did not read their
1: names twice, Tim. No, one of them is like Suvash. That's all. Don't know. Yep. But we
0: meet them. <laughs> <laughs> and Abaloth tells us a little bit about, what she's into talking with the high Lord of training younglings for the Sith. She says to see the younglings excel, to know they are devoted to the principles one instills in them. Again, the strange flicker that sent a chill down Vol's spine. Well, one could die happy then. Couldn't one. Yo, she's scary, man. Yeah. And she's present and she's speaking directly to people in the scene Yeah from inside the scene. But that's really creepy. I get I get the shelter Jedi connection, right? That's what she's kind of subliminally referring to. But who is she? Was she ever some kind of teacher of some sort? She's yeah. talking about the people, the minds she enslaves and relating it to this guy's students, right? Yeah. I don't know. It was almost what kind like insight is that into her
1: and it was it was like a threat all in one yeah like of course everything she says <laughs> is man. You, you trained all these all these younglings to be great things now you could die a happy person <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's like a promise to herself almost yeah freaky chapter four a play <laughs> we got some theater of the Sith's arrival on Keche. I like this. I like their art culture, but I also like that this is meant to be propaganda to convince Abeloth of whatever the hell they want her to believe about themselves. Yes. It's very actually gave me very tragedy of Darth Plagueis, the wise vibes. Mm-hmm. They're sitting there watching this theatrical thing, which who knows, maybe that was also tied. I like a, an old myth reference of that story or whatever type of thing, right? They're watching this play about, Protectors and destructors, what to do? We cut to Lord Vol's estate. Having a secret meeting with five Hollow Sith, he questions his most trusted advisors, which amounts to We don't trust Kai. let's spy on him. And then Vol goes to sleep. Yeah. As every good grandmaster does.
1: That's where all the exciting things
0: happen. <laughs> he goes well, he goes to sleep. And he dreams, sort of. Exciting things. Yes. Sort of. Abeloth, in all of her tentacular glory, reaching slithering tendrils of tentacles into Vol's mouth, ears, and nose. Nasty little body is Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, she's gross, man. A little reminder of some of her true self. hmm Like, let's not forget... She's not a shimmering lady in a silver dress with silver hair and silver eyes. She's not a beautiful golden haired woman or the most perfect Kashiri you've ever seen in your life. She's a Marlboro or something. I don't know. Yeah. She is, she is a squid monster. Yeah, Medusa-like. She's a tentacle beast with an infinite mouth. <laughs> She's invading his body with her pieces. But he dives into... Her mind. He uses this connection to attack her. He wants to feel what's in her brain. Lord Vol reaches out and he feels anguish. Loss that ripped and tore at the heart of all that was Abeloth. Betrayal. Need. Need for companionship. For love. For someone. Anyone. Anything. To adore her. And to never, ever leave. To stay with her forever. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Yeah. Something that was part of her that she had loved with all that was in her was gone. Gone beyond finding again. And someone would pay. And she would be loved and idolized and worshipped. It was right. It was what should be. What would be. What? (laughs) She's got some... Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, she's got some deep issues. Whoa! I have all the goosebumps, and I read that to myself. (laughs) It reminds me of... uh... Oh, I'm not going to remember her elf name. Galadriel, actually. When she's like, I would be the most terrible thing you'd ever know if she had the ring or whatever. Yeah. Transforms and screams at Aragorn is that Galadriel?
1: Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: It reminds me of that.
1: Yeah, when she like she that went, went like wrong, a, like a banshee. And she is thing. that. Yeah.
0: And she is this. Abandon all hope, ye who enter. Lost cause of suffering and pain. What the hell did I just read? Yeah,
1: she can't. She and it, it comes to. Now she's come to the point where no one, she doesn't think no one will love her willingly. So she will what make you happen to her? her slaves.
0: What happened to her and what is she? It's a good question. This dive is deep. Avaloth's tentacles squeeze harder because she doesn't like what he's doing. So Vol attacks her gaping soul wound by casting cutting words. Yes. You are horrible and will never be loved. And he rolls in nat 20. Yeah, and just just it, they scream and rip apart from each other, and she goes into runaway mode. Mm-hmm. And this is a crazy force dream alien fight, Tim. Yeah, this is what is that? What is this? Who? What is she? This is not Star Wars stuff that I'm familiar with. By any reading of the fifty or so books that I have, other than these ones, <laughs> mm. like this is nothing like the Vong or nothing like Jason Solo. This is nothing like Darth Bane. This isn't anything like Darth Vader and the Emperor Palpatine and and the and the Empire and and Stormtroopers. And this is so alien, yeah, for science fiction Star Wars.
1: Yeah, it's when I think is it was, it was book one or, or two as a villain. Book yeah. one or two, we were talked about that that this is this is so much bigger than anything Star Wars has ever.
0: and we're finally coming back around to that. You know, last taste of that we got was kind of, well, Jesus, everybody fighting over the the pool of knowledge was like a huge reveal about the grander scale of this story. Mm-hmm. and how just massive the consequences are and how massive the threat is. This is this is already 1,000% better than whatever that last book was that I read. Abaloth is in the spotlight, and that was sorely missed. Mm-hmm. This is incredible. Yeah. Grand, uh, Grandmaster Vol wakes up from this dream exchange, exhausted and depleted. How very Luke Skywalker of you, sir. He calls for help to flee.
1: Yeah, because he can't even sit up. Basically,
0: he could barely sit up, and he's like, "It would take me minutes to stand up." We have to run because, quote, "She'll destroy the city." And we cut to Abeloth's actual first-person perspective.
1: Yeah, of what is happening for the
0: first time in how long? Eight out of nine fates minimum automatically. She calls Vol's mind attack uprooting, a Theron listener technique that Luke used to rip out Callista. Although she says Lord Vol was much more delicate about the way that he did it.
1: Yeah, and sneaky and tricky. 20
0: pound axe for surgery, right? Yes. He used the uprooting technique that Luke Skywalker just used against her to cause her all that pain. And she gets mad. Abeloth screamed from a mouth that slashed her face in two. Unable to retain her form, unable even to notice that she had not retained her form, she thrashed and howled as tentacles erupted from her torso and her face. Shifted like melting wax. Her anguish used the force as a weapon, as she had so often before, but this time she was barely aware that she was releasing nearly inconceivable amounts of force energy upon a city that was completely unprepared for it. There were several dozen beings within immediate range, some sleeping quietly in their beds. Most were with their families. They imploded. Farther away, others awoke in agony as their bodies were turned inside out and chunks were ripped from their bones. The entire city was attacked by a wind filled with glass shards, each a shikar driven by a single purpose. To hurt anyone, anything living inside the city of glass. They were the lost tribe. They would suffer, all of them as their leader had made her suffer. The shards melted as they pierced flesh, spreading white-hot, painful death. The buildings, made of metal and glass, dripped slowly toward the ground, smothering those unfortunate enough to be dwelling inside them. None of it harmed Abeloth, though she would not have noticed if it had. She barely noticed when she was lifted from the street where she lay, convulsing up into the night air, And a large shape that looked like nothing so much as an angry orange eye sped toward her. She just destroyed an entire city with her anger. Yep. Her fury exploded people.
1: And melted
0: buildings. Jason Solo was really good at flying. (laughs) And swinging a lightsaber. And manipulating people's emotions. She just melted an entire city of glass and sand and steel and everyone inside of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Accidentally. Yeah. Yeah, it was without conscious thought. That's the power of her fury. That's her in the dark side. What is she? She? What would she have looked like up on that mountaintop screaming tentacles flailing and an entire city just melting to the ground around you other than the ships flying off to safety? That is some incredible power. Being very succinctly, masterfully written. Yes. How much did we complain in the last book about like, ah, you told us something happened in two sentences instead of showing us in three paragraphs. What did I just read there? One, two, three, four, four, five paragraphs. It was not not a full page. And it was amazing detail of her power and insight to this character.
1: Yeah, the the descriptors were very... Visceral and just intense. I I don't even know.
0: We already knew all those other things that we saw her do: take people over, transform into monsters, suck people's force essence out of their bodies, all that jazz. The whole basement full of people, crippled in pain. Uh, that ain't it. No, that's not. That's not this. What? is Abeloth and what is she capable of on purpose? Yeah. This was an angry outlash. Yeah. (laughs) That's not the word. No, like (laughs) she's angrily lashing out (laughs) at people who have hurt her like Luke Skywalker did. Mm -hmm. So how let's go all the way back to book six. The Falunasi thing, that was where she was torturing Ben with the force net and she uh, was going to kill Luke after he killed her. Oh, is that what she, just what she meant? That Luke had physically killed her and hurt her in that previous battle? And then when she comes back, she takes him, they go in the basement, star has to kill the High Lord, whatever. And And in that moment that she's explaining, he hurt me, I want to hurt him like he hurt me. Does she just mean upstairs? Or does she did she mean on some bigger scale of time and space? Because what other interactions that she had with Luke Skywalker where he hurt her? Was any of that? Did any? I don't think he ever hurt her mind walking. No. He rejected her, which that, that could, could be tantamount, right?
1: Especially with the descriptor that she needs love and stuff.
0: Don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me all in italics. Yeah. it makes me want to cry for Avalon. Yes, yeah. it's, it's so sad she's she's like a pitiful, sad again, like here we go again, which is you know classic anti female tropes of writing, you know mhm, whether it's coming off of Christy Golden's page or not. The idea to have this long suffering woman be a furious monster probably wasn't her overall idea, yeah. And, but what a trope, you know, what a, what do you call that? I don't know. There's no words today. What a thing.
1: (laughs) Well, we are reading these chapters and it. it, My mind is blown. Yeah, exactly. The words are gone. What
0: did she just do? Cut to aboard the black wave. There's the name of the ship. (laughs) Gabarkai and his ship, not his bed. Mm -hmm. And he thinks to himself, he survived long enough to become a widower. The city is lost, and so is the tribe, once again. They don't have a home anymore. Yeah. Avaloth just destroyed it and proved that she could do whatever she wants to you anytime she wants. So and how what safety
1: is there? Did did and they felt her wave of energy even up in space, right?
0: I think what they felt was like the Death Star destruction. They felt that wave of agony and suffering and death in the force, and Gavar Kai says it was almost sweet. Also, mm-hmm. because of the dark side, yeah, right.
1: The sweet pain of it all
0: could also have been her pain emanating and radiating out as well. Like combining the two things together, scary.
1: Yeah, because Vol did some damage for sure.
0: But Gavarkai is alive. Yes, he is up on the ship, where ship reaches out to Gavarkai. Quote, Abeloth. Is safe. We must depart immediately. And after moments of consideration, Gavarchai gives his command. Shields up. We stand with Abeloth. What? What kind of crazy crisis is this man going through? Watching his daughter fall away from the Sith, watching Abeloth do all the things that she's done, and what a mystery and. Dangerous threat that she is, he is fundamentally shaken at the foundation of his faith. Yeah, he has abandoned the Sith.
1: Yeah, he just wants to be on the winning side now, by the looks of it, to survive. Yeah,
0: because that's what it's come down to. It's not loyalty to the family, to the friends, to the culture, the history, it's stay alive time. Because she just melted a whole city.
1: <laughs> she just she destroyed an entire city and killed a thousand of powerful force users.
0: In with, their beds. Yeah. Blew them up in their sleep. <laughs> or turned them inside out. Ugh. By screaming. Not even by thinking. Wow. Just like that, with Gavar Kai's command, the Lost Tribe are his enemy now. And he shoots down. Two of the Sith ships on the way out. We all jump to hyperspace. Holy first four chapters, dude. Yeah. Oh my God, it feels so good. We're off to this crazy start. We have all this new information about Abolov. She's in the driver's seat of the narrative. This is amazing. And I'm like... I'm so rejuvenated right now for reading this book series. I was dead. (laughs) I was dead after the last books. I put off reading those last chapters for weeks. I put off doing that review for weeks. I didn't want to read all my notes again because there was not that much interesting stuff there. Yeah. For 13 weeks of reviewing a book. But I have been reborn.
1: I had to fight. My own reading to stop and make notes because I just wanted to keep going.
0: Oh, especially at uh, several points. Yeah. I, I just, this is this lubed. I'm excited. Stellar. The question now is, where have we jumped to? Find out next week when we cover Fate of the Jedi. Book 8, Ascension, chapters 5 through 8. Did I do that backwards? No, you're good. I'm Justin. And I'm Tim. Punch it, Gavar! Woo!
1: Where's Lord Vol
0: going? For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at Podcast at gmail.com Forever Cannon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter... And YouTube at JPlazer. Check us out.